Welcome to the Next Level American Dream podcast, brought to you by Thompson Multifamily Group. Your hosts, Abigail and Sean, will discuss how you can take your American dream to the next level through real estate investing, business practices, and personal development. Join us as we share our experiences as a father-daughter duo who are trying to accomplish their goal of financial freedom. We hope you learn more about how to define and achieve your American dream. Here's another episode of Next Level American Dream. Welcome to the Next Level American Dream Women's Series in celebration of Women's History Month. We have a very special guest for you today, but first, please make sure you have subscribed if you haven't already. We also love getting your feedback through likes, comments, ratings, and reviews. Today, I finally convinced my mom, Diana, to join me on the show and to share her story. She is the CMO and head of our acquisitions at Thompson Multifamily Group. Diana has recently transitioned from her corporate career into entrepreneurship and real estate. Today, she walks the audience through that transition and discusses how she analyzes deals as a passive and active investor. If you found any value from today's episode, then please share it with a friend and help us grow. For more information on our sponsor, visit ThompsonMultifamilyGroup.com to start taking your American dream to the next level through passive investing. Hi, Mom. How are you? Hi, baby girl. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me on Next Level American Dream and for my last women's series episode on my 22nd birthday. I'm super excited that I finally get to interview my mom after months of convincing. (laughs) And happy birthday, sweet girl. Thank you, mama. Okay, so you have a super, super cool story that I want to share with our audience. So first, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Okay, so I started with a big retail establishment when I was 18. It was my one and only job that I've ever had. I grew up in the era of you go find, you go to college, you go find a job and you stay with that company forever and work your way up. And then you get a pension and you retire. So that's kind of was the mentality that I had or expectation, I guess, as I was growing up. So I worked for retail my entire life. I was in stores for 15 years, and then I moved into the corporate environment and worked my way up into a director of merchandise planning and allocation and did that for quite a long time. 2020 came around. The retail world is struggling, struggling, struggling. And I had actually the opportunity to leave the company. And when I say I had the opportunity, they were restructuring. And I just said, you know what? I think this is my perfect time to get out. So talked it over with you and with dad and said, is this the right time to finally move into retail with you guys? And totally decided we're going to take this leap and we're all going in 100% into, into retail or to, into real estate, not retail anymore. And here I am, I'm the COO, I guess you want to call it. I do all the underwriting acquisitions. So it really fits within my skill set of what I did at, at, in retail doing Excel spreadsheets. That's what I love. I, I work with numbers. That's what I did all day long. So it really fit within my 
skill set to do the underwriting. And I think I've brought a lot of good value already. And hopefully we're going to find a, a deal and get more and more and more. So absolutely. So you mentioned that you talked it over with us and it was just a really nice fit to kind of fall into a specific place in our business that we really needed some help. And you had added so much value. We call you our Excel wizard. You've completely changed our entire acquisitions process, which is for the better. So what are some of the challenges you found in switching over? You talked about how the skill set of your actual job fits perfectly with how you did it in retail, but what are some differences, some nuances to it that is a little different from your retail job that you've struggled with and balancing and figuring out in acquisitions in the real estate space? Well, I mean, so although I've been around dad, John, whoever you want to call it, with him doing it for 10 years, and I was his a bookkeeper. So I was involved. I heard all the conversations. I learned about real estate, but I didn't learn about real estate, if that makes sense. It's taken me a while to get up to speed with the terminology. And to be honest, it's been a little bit different going from single family, which is what dad did most of the time to multifamily. So he's learning some of it as well. So we're both kind of learning it together a little bit, but it's different language. So different formulas, different math, a little bit. I mean, it's all still just kind of algebra and, and, and math, but learning some of the new, the new ways of looking at the business has been a little bit of a struggle, but all at the same time, I think I've, I like to learn. So I've, it's been fun to learn something new. I've been doing the same thing for so long. It was kind of exciting to get to do something new and interesting. So yeah. that's been a good, a good change. Absolutely. So I loved how you mentioned that you guys are learning alongside each other. And I think that's the beauty of a family business and us transitioning kind of all at the same time. I'm transitioning from college into real estate. Dad is transitioning from single family into multifamily. And then you're transitioning from corporate world into entrepreneurship. And we're all kind of balancing that transition together and aiding each other. And then on top of that, we're all family, which is super fun. So yeah. That's awesome. I never even thought of it that way. I really do like that. That's awesome. <laughs> I think it's fun. And we're all like learning multifamily on top of that together, which is, it's, it's exciting. It really I'm is. I'm glad you're excited about it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but your transition from corporate world into entrepreneurship is a little different between dad and I, and we kind of already have more of an entrepreneur uh, mindset and you didn't, you have the mindset of work and these are the processes that the company puts in place. And here's the rankings that we need to go through. What has that, that transition looked like for you and how have you handled some of that? In the beginning, let me just tell you, I loved it, right? And I will say 2020 brought lots of challenges for everybody. So we started working from home a year ago today, almost yeah. um, in March of 2020. And that's, and I left my company in August. So I'd been doing work from home for a while. So I did get a little bit used to being away from the office, 
not having the peoples to sit and talk to on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So I did start to get adjusted to it. Yeah. But what I found is even then I still had a work day. I had to be on the computer and be working and had meetings to meet, to talk to people. I mean, I was in meetings all day, almost every day, all day from eight to five o'clock. Almost. I was talking to somebody about something. So I had a little bit more of a interaction with other people and a set, let's say work structure time in this new entrepreneur stuff. We can work when we feel like it, (laughs) right? We still, I still try to keep to a schedule because that's what works for me, but I can, and we do, we'll go out mountain bike riding in the middle of the day. And I love that. So in the beginning, it was awesome, right? I loved it. It was this honeymoon phase is what I called it. And then as time's gone on, it's been six months now, the longer I've gone, I've realized that I needed more of that interaction with other people. And I needed somebody else to bounce ideas off of. Now, I know I have you, I know I have dad, but we all each have our own roles also. And I can't go to you and talk about underwriting because you do marketing and not that you don't know it and you're not going to learn it, but it's just not your strength and your, you got to be working on other stuff. Dad. He's the guy that's got to be super strong and he can't get bogged down in the details. He needs to be looking at the vision and he's doing the communications with everybody and that kind of stuff. So although I can talk to you guys about it, I can't just sit in there and go, Hey, kind of vent a little bit. This is going on. Can you double check my work? I can't quite figure out this formula or this is, you know, what should I do here? You know, just little bitty stuff like that. I used to go and sit next to some of my partners and we would just talk through things. And by the time I was done, I'd go back to my desk and I would have solved my problem. I don't have that. And another big thing in the corporate world is you just walk around the office, which nobody's doing right now anyway, but you get to just talk to people and and interact. And anyway, um, kind of babbling a little bit, but that's that whole dynamic of having other people to support and to talk to and the structure and turning it off at whatever time. And even though the job that I had was extremely stressful, to be honest, and I felt like I really never did turn it off. I was able to, at some point, switch from a family life to work life. Now it is all entangled, Mm -hmm. right? Even with you. I mean, yeah. We had our struggles and just being able to go, okay, business partners, wait, no, mom. Oh no, you're my daughter. Oh wait, no, what is going on? It can be hard. And to be honest, dad and I've transitioned probably better than I have with you. Absolutely. I I mean, and, and not that we can't work together, but boy, gosh, I sure just want to be mom most of the time. And sometimes we have to be work together, you know, work partners and whatever, Mm -hmm. and that's been, I have to say, probably the harder one for me to get adjusted to because I just want to be mom most yeah. of the time. <laughs> Especially when I come with questions, like you said, like we can, we have the ability to bounce things off of each other, but it's not always expertise. And so sometimes I'll come to you with a question. You're like, that's not my expertise. I don't know how to solve the problem for you. And you switch to mom mode of like, oh, how do I solve this problem for my daughter? And it can be difficult to kind of maneuver that 
transition for both of us. But that's interesting that you say that you miss the interaction of the corporate world. How have you found ways to cope with that or kind of make it easier on yourself by doing certain things that allow for more interaction? So that's, that's good. Cause you know, we, we are part of masterminds. You, you know, we have the Kahuna mastermind, which is with Corey Peterson and um going to be doing um, investor fuel as well. So that helps get engaged with other people. And I love those absolutely love going to them. I like being a part of them. I've also found online women's groups as inspiring women. That's been an awesome group that I recently joined and just, it's more of a accountability and just other women that are entrepreneurs that are just inspiring. So it's just other people that I can talk to and they can kind of, I can talk through what I'm working, working on and they hold me accountable and that's kind of nice. So that's been really good. I've only been, it's only been, you know, about a month and I've been on in on that one, but socially, I feel like I've always been a little bit awkward. So doing things on zoom are, are challenging for me sometimes <laughs> doing them in person are challenging too. So I, I haven't decided which way is better and which way is worse, but I feel like I don't connect with people easily. So to do it on zoom has been kind of hard and Facebook and that kind of stuff. So yeah. I'm, I'm actually anxious to be able to do some more stuff in person. It can be difficult to network over technology because you don't seem to build those same relationships as you would be in person, which is an interesting um, perspective. But on the flip side of that, entrepreneurship has also allowed so many amazing things. Like you said, being able to bike ride whenever you want to. What are some other things that you found that you really enjoy out of being an entrepreneur now that you yeah. didn't get in your corporate world? Yeah, I, honestly, and everybody wants it. It's just freedom. And I think everybody's kind of gotten a little bit more freedom with 2020. I say freedom, being able to work from home, a little bit more flexibility, maybe. I don't know, maybe not. I felt like I got it a little bit of it with working from home because I always wanted to be able to just be a little bit more in control of, of some of that time. But absolutely the freedom of everything, like I said, we get up if we feel like driving to Phoenix, which we've done twice in six months, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we take two weeks to be in Phoenix and spend time and we're still working, but we're also having a blast at the same time. So I, we got, you know, hot spots so I can work in the car while we're driving. So dad and I can sit and collaborate and talk about different projects that we're working on while we're sitting and just driving. And then once we stop, we explore where we're, wherever we are and we can go bike riding and do whatever, whatever it is that we love to do, which is we love to bike ride. I think everybody knows that now we love to hike and we just love to explore new places. So that has been, I love being able to do that. I can come see you whenever I want to in Fayetteville. Not that I have a whole lot because we've been doing other fun things <laughs> too. Getting to do all of that fun stuff. It's just been, it's been is it almost liberating that you now that is a great word it is a great word yes you now get all of this time and freedom to just explore and do some of the things that you never got the, the chance to before which I think is really fun so now that you're in a new space you have a little bit more of a new perspective to 
being a woman, you worked in the corporate world, which can be really male dominated. Now, in your experience, it may not have been because of the space you were in as retail that can tend to have a little bit more females in it. But you now also have the perspective of real estate. What are some of the things that you've noticed that women may tend to struggle with or some things that you've even struggled with as a woman in both of those spaces? Have you noticed that you may feel the need to take on more stereotypically masculine qualities in order to be able to stay in a certain room or to compete with certain people in moving forward? That's a tough question, kind of. I try never to to put labels on that kind of stuff. I've always been one of those. Might sound silly, but I'm always, I always felt like I was the boss, boss of what I do. I still do. Even though dad says every day I'm the boss. Yeah, we all know. (laughs) And I'm just teasing. He is the boss, but I I don't, I try never to like try to put those stereotypes on. And I hope I haven't, and I know that they are there, but I deserve a seat at the table, just like anybody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Lean in, you know. I I always sat at the table if I wanted to, sometimes I didn't want to, but, and I still feel like I deserve that dad and I, I think are great partners in the fact that when we go do a property tour, we are the perfect match. He is super quiet. He just looks at the details. He talks to the broker who is typically male dominated. You're correct. And I will sit and walk with property manager who is typically a female Mm -hmm. and we have a great bond. And guess what? I get all the scoop. Yeah. I get a hundred percent of the scoop. And at the end of the day, we go and get in the car and dad's like, okay, what did you learn? Cause I, you know, he looks at the details of the property and, and that kind of stuff. And we'll sit and negotiate with the broker and talk, you know, more high level business stuff where Mm -hmm. I'm getting, what are the problems really with the property or what are the opportunities and how can we really make this this work. So yeah, sometimes I use a a little bit that, I mean, I think that's a strength that I have. I think dad could do that. He's just not his strength. And so we just work together. I don't see it as a female, as a male, but sometimes it just kind of works out that way. So that's a really, that's a really interesting point that it's in more of an entrepreneur space. You don't have to necessarily distinct those things. It's just putting a specific person in the correct role in order to achieve success. And I think that's really interesting and very good perspective. And I kind of want to bounce off of that a little bit more and y'all have a really great, or you guys have a really great balance in where in property tours do you see some of that on the flip side of the underwriting and how has that worked between the two of you because you guys work in the same space so like you mentioned earlier I do more of marketing you do more of acquisitions but the two of you work on mainly acquisition processes because those are each of your strengths how have you found that the two of you balance each other in those processes well being a financial person and, and more, I, I steered towards more of a conservative approach, right? The conservative dad is the dream maker and he's got to push the limits to everything that we do. He's the risk taker. So 
I go in and I'll do the initial underwriting and property tour, all that, all of that piece of it. And, and I, and I look at it with a very extremely conservative. And so that's how I'll underwrite. But in this day, I mean, it's a seller's market right now, especially in the multifamily world, Mm -hmm. it's extremely competitive and the markets that we're in are extremely competitive. So we have to have a balance between that conservative approach because we want to be conservative, make sure we make the most money for our investors and for ourselves. But we also got to go out and we got to find some deals to buy. So we have to take a little bit of risk in some places. And dad has that perfect eye to be able to find the right spots to, to take a risk on and to make sure that we can get a deal. Cause sometimes if I look at it, we might never buy anything. (laughs) So, cause I I might be too conservative. So we have that. That's to me is one of the bigger balances. I'm getting better at trying to find those opportunities as well, but still trying to keep dad in checks. Sometimes I have to say, Hey dude, there's no way we can do that. Let's, let's take that down a little bit and he'll be like, okay. (laughs) So that's where I think we kind of balance a little bit. That's awesome. So you kind of like work towards each other. You're more of a data analysis, looking at the really nitty gritty. And he kind of sees the whole picture and is like, wait, we can alter this a little bit, which I think is really interesting. You also coming from your corporate job, you now have an IRA and you have this opportunity of being able to passively invest. Have you looked at passively investing in real estate? And what are some of the things that you look for in a deal in order to place your investment in? So I'm going to kind of unpack that a little bit differently. Obviously we want to invest in real estate and we have, we've bought, we've had lots of rental houses. That's what we do with a lot of our money. However, me personally, I was invested in a 401k, just like everybody else in a company, right? And I had a pension plan and had all these things set up that went into the traditional stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, right? So that is where the majority of my personal uh, savings plan was invested in. When I left the company, I had the opportunity to pull it out of that 401k and finally put it in to a self-directed IRA. And let me tell you, that is the most exciting thing that we've been able to do to help our future growth. Because now, like you said, I can take that and invest it into some real estate and I can make it grow so much faster and so much bigger than if it were just sitting in that 401k for the rest of my career until I retired. Right. right? So thank goodness. I mean, that was another honestly big selling point for me leaving my job is being able to do that. We knew how much we can make from that money. And I couldn't do it without leaving the job. Right. I couldn't transfer it. It was just one of the agreements with the 401k plan that we had is that I couldn't transfer it without a big penalty. So this way I didn't have to have any penalty. And now I get to go in and invest and, and we see our future true retirement plan. And as I mentioned to you the other day, true financial freedom is now so much closer because I left. It is extremely clear. And it was before too. I mean, I always knew, but I had to, I was going to have to work until I was 65, like literally work at that job 
to get to the the goal that I needed to be at. And, and now I don't necessarily have to do that. We see a much shorter path of getting to where we really want to be. So that's extremely exciting. Um, not advocating anybody leaving their job just to be able to transfer their 401k into a self-directed, but I definitely advocate building some sort of self-directed IRA that people can take and invest into real estate because you're going to get such a better, and there's no guarantees on either side, right? Mm -hmm. We know know what the stock market does and doesn't do. At the end of the day, over the course of my investment, it's grown, but it's been like this growing. Yeah. Whereas in real estate, more than likely it's going to be a straighter path. It's not going to have as many of the ups and downs because it's an asset that's going to maintain its value a little bit more consistently. There's less volatility in in the investment. So Um, therefore the compounding effect is better. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting now that you're in the role that you are in, in our business is you get kind of a two for perspective, you have the perspective of the corporate world and having your investments in those more traditional avenues. And you now are able to look at putting those into a more unconventional vehicle. And on top of that, you are looking at deals in real estate actively and passively, which I think is really, really interesting. And what are some of the things that you're seeing that are kind of either synonymous or are very different? So as an active investor, you look at certain things, but as a passive investor in a deal, you're looking at much different things. Like, have you seen anything that is like that? No, honestly, not really, because a good deal is a good deal. I think what it's allowed me to do is to know when somebody's going to bring me a good deal, because now I... I understand it and I can help other people learn. So now I, because I know I can teach those that we want to help to potentially invest with us in some of our projects, I can, I know how to explain and and to talk through with them and I can help them understand both sides. So, you know, I was skeptical in the beginning, to be honest, I, I always knew what real estate meant, but I always thought it was good to have this safety net of a 401k and having this retirement plan and all this stuff. And, and I, I used to fight dad all the time about switching over. And I think I finally, finally saw the light and realized how much more it can do for us. So I'm, I'm real excited about where we're headed. Yeah, that's awesome. So final question is what does the American dream mean to you specifically? And then what steps or actions are you doing to take it to the next level? So I was really thinking about this one a lot the other day as I was listening to our podcast and financial freedom is always the answer, right? Almost everybody lists that. And obviously that's what I want in the American dream and what I think it is worth freedom to do what we want, when we want, where we want. Yeah. But it's also really a lot about fulfillment, having a fulfilling life having you dad, being able to work with both of you guys, having you want to join us in our business has been incredible and helping you guide you through what your next journey is going to be because you have such a long life and helping you come up with what that dream looks like for you. That's been super fulfilling for me. 
And to being able to just, I've always wanted to travel. That's what drew me to dad from a young age, right? He used to travel all the time. That's what was part of his lifestyle and his, what, how his upbringing was. So I always wanted to travel and be able to see the world. Didn't get to do a lot of that as I was growing up because I had this corporate job, right? So now that I don't have that old, what I'll call like the old American dream of get a job, work for a company for 35 years, because I worked for him for 33. (laughs) So almost hit that number 45 years, however long you have to work, do that. And then have your house, have your kids go on a vacation once or twice a year and work in the yard, right? I hate to work in the yard. Don't like it. Got sick of the corporate world. So anyway, it's nice to have this fulfillment I feel completely a a lot more fulfilled now being able to work on my own time pace, work with my family, be around my family all the time. You know, I'm such a traditionalist when it comes to family is the way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, as far as things that I'm doing, you know, dad's a huge learner, right? I like to learn probably not as much as dad, but I, you know. He can get exhausting with how much he learns. However, it's, it's really helped me. I've learned, I've been reading tons of books that are really helping me navigate through this new entrepreneurial lifestyle that I kind of still working to it and adjusting to. So I'm doing a lot of that networking as much as I can, trying to meet new people. And to be honest, the number one thing that we're doing to fulfill is we're finally traveling. Like I said, man, we get a whim. I go. We, you know, next, I mean, I started looking at my future calendar and all the places we're going to go, you know, Austin, Nashville, Salt Lake city, back to Phoenix a couple of times, probably because I'm trying to convince dad that we need to go find a vacation home there. <laughs> for the winter. So I'm finally going to get to do a lot of, of a lot of those fun things that I want to do. So that's very exciting. And I'm so glad that I got to have you on today and that you finally agreed for me to interview you. And I'm really happy that you are our final women's series, not that the women's series ever is really going to end, but for this month specifically, I'm really happy that you are bookend for that. And I'm happy that our interview is actually going to be airing on my birthday, which is so fun. Um, Happy birthday, sweet girl. (laughs) But you brought up so many amazing things and how your transition from corporate world into real estate and what that looked like and some things that you've maybe struggled with. You showed us a little bit more about what it looks like as an active investor and as a passive investor moving from your corporate job into real estate. And then we got to talk about life, which is fun and what I always love to do with my mama. So thank you again. And I will talk to you soon. Love you. Love you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level American Dream. If you would like to learn more about what we talked about today, want to contact the team directly, or are interested in passively investing and being a part of our deal room, head over to our website at www.thompsonmultifamilygroup.com. Before you go, please leave a review. Your comments help us create more episodes for you to enjoy.